1: Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST.
0: If we to scale any sort of education, like I want to make sure that this subject reaches masses, how will I do that? I have to involve people who are interested, who are motivated to become a part of the mission, right? To become integrated into the system so that they also don't feel like they have to go over and above to accommodate it. It just seamlessly incorporates, right? Um, That's where the uniqueness of our model comes in because we want to make sure that the schools that we are touching, where we are taking our curriculum, it's not just the zero period, the youth driven young folk team going in and you know talking to children, And, uh, you know, maybe telling them like X, Y, Z things and the intervention just ending.
2: Hi, listeners. Melting Pot is privileged to be collaborating with The Zero Period for a series of conversations with their team on awareness about comprehensive sexuality education. The zero period is a non-profit organization they're based out of india they're working to enable comprehensive sexuality education in indian schools the theory of change that the organization follows is via teacher training to deliver comprehensive sexuality education curriculum to the pre-adolescent students this helps in ensuring that their curriculum sustains in the schooling system through generations And it also is a driving force in the ecosystem level change in schools by involving adults and children alike. So presenting a very special series on Melting Pot in collaboration with The Zero Period. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode one of a very, very special five-part series on melting pot. Um, And this is being done in collaboration with The Zero Period. And I'm so excited uh, today to be talking to this young founder, (laughs) Barkha Tripathi, um, who is the founder of Zero Period. And uh, just a little uh very quick background to the zero period um it's a non-profit platform that kind of creates awareness about comprehensive sexuality education so that's um that's the involvement and uh thank you so much for joining me today Barka.
0: thank you so much for having me by it's lovely to be here
2: okay so um before we kind of get into the zero period and um, comprehensive sexuality education yeah. in, uh, in more detail, I would like um, to just get a little background on you. It would be interesting for me as well as the viewers and the listeners.
0: Hmm. Uh, so all right, No, would love to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, so I am a soon to be 25, right now, 24-year-old social entrepreneur and have had a professional career of around four years now. Um, so back in, I mean, I did my graduation in economics. Uh, from there, I went into the corporate world, uh, started to explore that side. But I guess, uh, personally, I've always had some motivation uh, to work in the social impact space. Of course, it's um, driven from uh, my own personal journey growing up versus uh, you know how I see the world at large. That's my my own viewpoint towards the world at large. And I feel we need more people in social impact. It's just and specifically in a country like India, uh, more and more smart, educated people who have the skills, who have the resources. If they are inv- involved in social impact, I think that can make a world of a difference. So that sort of reckoning happened uh, when I was in my corporate job. Uh, you know, trying to get understand the nuts and bolts of how the professional world works. Uh, then that uh, kind of uh, ended in a year and a half because then I like, really made up my mind that I want to explore social impact started working at another startup that works in skill building um, and uh, with I was involved with them for a year uh, but again I think the pandemic came <laughs> which was also a little bit of a blow for not only me professionally because I was working at a startup but personally as well a lot of things happened uh, on a personal front and that just kind of nudged me in the direction to think about what do I want to do, how do I see my future and if social impact is it and how do I want to be involved? Like, what's what's the cause that speaks to me the most? And I think uh, back in the day when Bhumika and I... Uh, so Bhumika is actually my batchmate, who's the co-founder of uh, The Zero. Okay. Um, so her and I were actually in a on, in a conversation on a call. Like, it was a random uh, chit-chat between two friends. And uh, this cause kind of came up on its own. I, I never really seeked it, is what I think of about it now. Uh, We both were just, you know, chatting and uh, just recalling our school lives, how it was growing up and the kind of issues we both faced when it came to body shaming, bullying, peer pressure, harassment and, you know, stuff like that. And yeah, I guess just the next day we woke up thinking, might as well do something about it. (laughs) Might as well start rolling some balls in this direction now that we have the time, we have the will. Um, so that's yeah. where actually zero period began and the rest has been history. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,
2: why, what is the significance of the zero period? Why did you choose a name like the zero period?
0: Yeah. You know, Payal, it'll be, um, a bit comical if I tell you that people often assume <laughs> that <laughs> we we talk about menstruation because there is a word yeah. period in our name. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah so, I mean, that's uh, why that's why I wanted uh to clarify because I'm aware but a lot of the people yeah. who are listening into this conversation or will be viewing it will probably yeah. have the same question you know so oh.
0: yeah yeah. So um, the zero period, the logic behind this word actually comes from our theory of change as it is, what zero period essentially intends to do, right? Uh, So when we do imagine like say a utopian world where we are saying that every child in India, every school, public, private, no matter what, has comprehensive sexuality education in their schooling curriculum. Like it's a part of every child growing up from first standard to 10th standard, Um, they are getting this education, right? So uh, the question then remains, okay, we have the resources, uh, we have the experts who are coming in, we have students who are ready, we have parents who are on board, uh, where do you fit it? in a school's, yeah. like timetable right and that's where the concept of zero period came right because I think most of us growing up at least in India that's a concept I'm not sure um, that stands true for every country uh, but in India many schools actually have like something called the zero period uh, where like you know uh, students come in it's usually an assembly time or like a free period okay. or a subs- something like yeah, that yeah, yeah like yeah, the yeah. first hour of school where children are just getting into the headspace of like yeah now we need to get down to studying.
1: Um, right. so
0: that that one hour is something that really like uh, again like reflecting back to my own life my own journey right I was <laughs> just thinking that you know that time was often wasted just chitter-chatter with friends catching up on whatever gossip happened the day before uh, you know talking to our teachers catching up on homework stuff like that and it is a personal time so why not just make it make it educational as well and that's where the name zero period comes up as um if we were to really envision a world where sexuality education exists it can very well find its own place in the world that we live in today and yeah that's the ethos behind okay. it okay
2: interesting yeah. interesting so uh, for those who are not that aware of comprehensive sexuality education could you just you know, just um, give a little background to it, um, and uh, for for people to have a better understanding. Because I know that it's a very, very detailed, in depth um, topic, right? Yeah. Of con- of conversation, awareness, and all of that. So, uh, so just a little uh, understanding of what actually it means.
0: Yeah, I think. Uh worldwide there's just so much misunderstanding around comprehensive sexuality education although i would still say there's some headway we've made in this space as like a, a in fact worldwide uh in understanding what really uh, like sexuality education means in a nutshell but of course uh, for the people who are listening in i would also like to like really highlight uh, what comprehensive sexuality education is uh, so just assume this as a science right like it's a um It's a very age appropriate, accurate, information based, like, you know, all of those forms of information that's given to a child, education that's given to a child, so that they make correct interpersonal choices growing up, right? We talk about, okay, let's let's look at this this way. It's a form of a life skill. When we talk to children, like, uh, you know, teaching them mathematics or teaching them Hindi or English, what are we doing? We're building their capability to think in a certain way. We want them to understand language. We want them to understand logical thinking. We want them to understand like, uh, you know, what is gravity? How does the world work? The physics, the yeah. chemistry, etc. right? Why are we not talking to children about themselves, about their bodies, about how they should make choices for themselves and for others around them? So choice is also a life skill. That's how we look at it. And yeah. SRHR, which means sexual and reproductive health and rights, falls within the choice spectrum we should be able to have all of the necessary information at hand to make whatever decisions we want for ourselves, for our bodies, for our communities, and for our own emotional well-being growing up, right? Um, And like, you know, as a matter of fact, this is such a CSE, comprehensive sexuality education, actually ties to everything so beautifully now that, I mean, I've also understood this uh, this subject in detail, uh, because emotional well-being does have ripple effects to how you also learn in school. Uh, If you feel empowered, if you come into the school with like, you know, where you feel like it's a safe space, I can talk about anything, I can ask any question, that actually improves learning outcomes as well. It actually improves performance in school as well. It improves confidence. It's like so many things are just tied to us, who we are as individuals, what our identity is, how we stand in society, and what does our society really look like. Many times when we also have our workshops and stuff like that, uh, specifically because we deal with the teacher community and, uh, you know, basically people who deal with young kids, uh, they say that uh, kids will learn these things. Or in Hindi, they usually say that they learn while they're growing up. Uh, This is not something that should be taught. It's subconscious learning. Oh,
2: yeah. Which is, is, which makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Think about it that way, like uh, who told us that girls are supposed to be in kitchen versus boys are supposed to go out? Like we saw mother and father roles that way. We saw, okay, women are more adept at handling household. And men are more, more adept at handling like a professional career, right? Uh, we were told or like we actually caught on from our society that transgender folks are not people who should be integrated in the society. They're looked at as outsiders. These are nobody told look kid this, but we yeah. understood, right? Yeah. So this is what these teachers say that, you know, uh, they will learn. This is a subconscious learning. We don't need to talk about it openly. But that's where we come into challenge that if you don't tell them this generational stereotype that's being like bypassed, uh, it's going to continue. So you need to step in and you need to tell them that this is not how the world works. The world works where human rights are respected. The world works where you know your identity and you are like well within your rights to expect everybody else to also respect that. And you also know your sexuality, which is your own body, your own anatomy, yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. And then make choices of how you want to grow up. Uh, what do you want to be? Who you really see yourself as? Stuff like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I can completely understand um, when you say that it's something which has just, it's like a continue, it's just. Like handed down generation after generation, and yeah. I think this this awakening is so important because a lot of people have struggled um, growing up at school, you know, with as you mentioned yourself, with harassment, with body shaming, with you know all of that, uh, because you're not quite you're not really aware. Um, of what uh, it all means you know and so so yeah for it to become an integral part of the system I think I mean obviously it's going to be very very slow steps it can't things won't change overnight because the thinking it's impossible right but I think you as the zero period um, the fact that you are uh, you have a Collective team that is making an effort to create this awareness through your platform, I think, is is the first step, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so what? Uh, some of the different. Um, Um, ways in which, I mean, you did mention that it's a lot of, a lot about teachers uh, creating this awareness within, you know, the the teaching community. So how exactly do you go about it? That's one. And two, what kind of uh, challenges have, because you're young, your team is young, you know, and most of the teachers are obviously older. They've had this, um, this thinking for, for years right so how do you bring about that change what you know what are the what are some of the factors that you have introduced um within the community to bring about this change or not change but awareness
0: uh yeah uh, so let me answer the first question first so the intervention strategy right and actually that ties me to your um like where you talked about like it's such a psychological thing what yeah. we how we perceive sexuality education right so uh with teacher training like the model that we essentially have is very unique it's actually not been tried in india um you know before by any other non-profit that works in this space or similar to this um, but the government has tried and failed at doing this i mean there's still attempts going on so hopefully something similar pans out but essentially look at it this way if we were to scale any sort of education. Like I want to make sure that this subject reaches masses. How will I do that? I have to involve people who are interested, who are motivated to become a part of the mission, right? to become integrated into the system so that they also don't feel like they have to go over and above to accommodate it. It just seamlessly incorporates, right? Um, that's where the uniqueness of our model comes in because we want to make sure that the schools that we are touching, where we are taking our curriculum, it's not just the zero period, the youth driven young folk team going in and you know talking to children and uh, you know maybe telling them like X, Y, Z things and the intervention just ending. So information is a one big chunk of sexuality education, but what is also equally important is support. What is also equally important is community acceptance, right, Uh, with this subject, because it is, as much as it is an education and a healthcare concern, it's also a social and behavioral concern in society. So we need uh, people to be on the same team, everybody to be on the same team, for the child to truly reap the benefits of having this information at hand. Otherwise, it doesn't really make any sense. The child knows, inf- like, they can make some personal choices in a private capacity, but uh, the acceptance, the, um, like, you know, uh, the need for others to also understand them, that just goes unmet. And yeah. uh, that is just us achieving half the mission, right? So... That's why the idea of teacher training comes in, because if we want this model to be scaled in India, we need to make sure more and more more and more people who are already in the education ecosystem get involved. So that really brings us as the more core beneficiaries being teachers, who then come on board with us, and only teachers who have a degree of self-motivation, who have a degree of inclination towards this, from a set school take up this curriculum, take our training, and go and talk to pre-adolescent children about this, right? So both things, right, at
1: the same time. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST.
0: You also want the teacher to have like a certain degree of inclination or a certain degree of, yes, I don't want my students to like, you know, think about these things. I want to support them through this time. And uh, because teachers are in this profession day in and day out they know the need they know it very well they may not be comfortable but they know that this is required so we are just looking forward that one courageous change maker in that system who would just say yeah I mean I, I want to see a better world and I want to be involved and then that's the person, that's our target audience, this person we train, this person we upskill uh, to, and who already exists in a school. So uh, it's not like we're doing anything additional, right? Additional. Like not, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and remains in the system. So the sustainability aspect also gets covered, right? Um, they are like, you know, consistently are present for the child to reach out, to support, like they always, the child is always aware that I have a safe space to go to. Mm-hmm. If I have a question, I have an adult who can answer it. And as much as like I personally also do believe in peer led model, like where people like us, like young adults basically going and talking to younger kids, um, of course like that also has many benefits, but an adult just showing support that there's nothing like it. And yeah. I think the entire team really like, you know, um, feels the same way like it's on the same page that as much as peer-led models have worked in the past it's time where we also like you know ask adults to be courageous and just ask them to be supportive and whether they would like to be a part of this change or not
2: Working in the treacherous and very niche space that is comprehensive sexuality education in India, The Zero Period depends upon donations and external funds by community members who believe in the mission and the vision of the organization. If you are willing and you're able to, please do donate to the crowdfunding campaign of The Zero Period by clicking on the link in the description. Thank you. So are the parents, um, how many schools are you currently um, involved in?
0: Uh, so and in,
2: yeah. in Delhi itself or mm-hmm. in other parts of the country as well?
0: Uh, so last year we uh, piloted our models. We are just like two years old as an organization. So it took us a long, long time of uh, research and development to build out our upskilling program. right? Uh, so last year we piloted it in Delhi and Rajasthan schools a couple schools where like we piloted pro bono and uh, like you know just wanted to see how the curriculum really lands and now we are actually engaging with government bodies so we started with the government of Karnal uh, which is in Haryana state of Haryana and um, that is actually for that matter Haryana is known as the capital of India sadly unfortunately Um, Mm -hmm. and that's where our intervention has actually begun the administration very had a very positive response to this uh, they wanted to onboard uh, this sort of a curriculum, this sort of a program for them. And uh, we are targeting around 30 schools at once uh, across the Karnal district. And these are all government schools. So these are government teachers, Hindi-speaking teachers who we are engaging with. And um, yeah, they will be taking this curriculum forward to their classrooms. Um, and we are also now that we are like, you know, really getting up to the scale bit of the uh, work and the R&D is almost done. Uh, so now we're looking at like exploring some more government collaborations, going to Punjab, uh, the Delhi government as well. Like these are things still under exploration. Uh, but yeah, like really looking to expand uh, this at least in the Northern side first and then hopefully all across India, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, absolutely. I think it's such an important conversation um, that, that you know, and, and you, your approach is, I feel the right approach because you kind of start um, small and then you build on that. So so that's good. So what kind of a reaction do parents have in, you know, for the kids that um, are being uh, given this uh, form of education um, in the government schools, specifically in Karnal, um how do how have the parents reacted to it are they open Uh, to discussions because obviously the kids will um definitely go home and and talk about it right so what kind of uh, a response have you had from the parents
0: uh all right so actually interestingly uh you know one big angle that's involved here is also the government collaboration right say If my community leader or somebody in my district agrees that this is important, then the parent also, until unless they don't have a very stringent disagreement, they're also usually on board. So, like, this was a very initial innovation that we also as a team had that, like, you know, we'll have to have like thorough parent orientations and we have to make sure that they are also on board this, that. But now we're realizing that if we, because our model is entirely, entirely B2B. So it's business to business, right? So uh, the, uh, you know, cultural shift that's happening in Karnal, say for example, uh, in Karnal, within Karnal, what they are seeing this as is a government initiative. They are seeing this Uh. as a school initiative. So So the school, the government is agreeing that they want to do this. And that is why... Yes, I'm not going to say that we have not faced opposition. There have been questions, there have been concerns, they've been raised to the other party that we are involved with. Uh, But usually those are very minimal and those are just questions that about age appropriateness or about like, you know, uh, just knowing what all we will talk about in the curriculum and stuff like that. Um, If there is a very strong response of like just be I'm not okay with my child like you know going through this sitting through this uh then again I think we have to go abide by parental consent as per even the uh like you know legal requirements of the country uh so if there is a hard opposition then we don't even I mean we don't just we we kind of let go of the child from the classroom and that's all right uh but yeah uh, from our end at least uh, from my organization's end our intent is always to clarify as many questions as we can uh, and you know to have a conversation with the parent in, under concern um, and usually that has worked in the past like I said like it's it's like two businesses together who are saying this is important so as a third party uh, who are also coming up and like raising an objection to it uh, they're also then coming from an approach of um, you know I want my questions answered and not just saying I just want to back off
2: so, yeah, yeah
0: yeah
2: yeah so um, this I'm assuming is like a lifelong learning right because yeah. you at every stage in your life there is um a different um how shall i put it there's a different uh, situation that arises mm-hmm. so yeah. um so i'm assuming it's like a continue and a continuous uh, process of learning right mm-hmm. so um and if you're able to introduce that from um, such a young age, because obviously at every age, it's it's a very age appropriate um, sharing, correct? Mm. And uh, the information that is disseminated has to be um, very, very age appropriate. So that, I guess, um, when you're, you're uh, involving the teachers at the different schools, uh, that is something that you probably You know, are very, very conscious of, correct?
0: correct yeah of course I think age appropriateness is key to comprehensive sexuality education although there are some rooms of thoughts where people feel that you know um it is okay if the child and see every child is unique they have different learning needs they have different perspective to life right so there are some younger kids who uh you know kind of garner interest in this space earlier than uh like you know a, an average child will and they will ask questions so there is a, a like you know school of thought in this entire space which says that um you know if the child is asking you should never not answer you should always answer right like I mean it becomes a demon it becomes an embarrassment it becomes a shameful thing only when you say this is not right for you this is not right for you to ask that is you putting shame in the child right so if they're not showing interest, then there is an age appropriate way of exposure, which can always happen, like a pre-adolescent kid would know about like their bodies, what puberty will mean for them, um, you know, what all feelings they're going to feel when they enter this. So a readiness just before uh, teenage years kind of arrive. Same way, like this is the group that we deal with, but like say for uh, later adolescents, like 18, 19, 17, that age group. Uh, They would want like, you know, more knowledge on safe sex practices, more knowledge on consent, more knowledge on like various other areas, right? Um, But yes, I think I also personally do believe um, that if the child has asked, the answer should never be, you should not ask it should always you should always answer it like it's a science like you know this they've asked how does sex work but how are kids born you know they they ask these questions you tell them and you tell them as if like it's the most normal thing in the world and if they get grossed out if they have an icky feeling about it you can also tell them you will feel it when the time comes and even if you don't that's okay too so like that normalization needs to happen whenever that question is posed and it cannot happen if you dismiss it yeah so yeah. Um, so yeah that's that's like another take on it um, but yeah we've had like you know even our teachers who we've trained often ask us this that you know sometimes it just feels like if we talk about it it's like opening a Pandora box it's it's like you know uh, one question will lead to another question will lead to another question and we won't be able to handle it and stuff like that but this is what we keep reiterating if you really look at a nine-year-old they're not really interested in knowing about their bodies and attraction so much so as much as a 13 year old would be yeah. right yeah. they just want to know what to do what not to do am I looking good <laughs> am yeah. I like you know yeah. how, how to take care of myself better how to look more girly or more boyish right and that's it uh, they don't even want to know more and this is just something that we reiterate that always remember that the child is also going to ask very like you know demand from you very basic things it's not never going to be something that's unhandleable unmanageable for you but if you make mm it a taboo then it becomes
2: unmanageable yeah, yeah 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 no that makes sense yeah um and so you do um you also engage the community um in wherever you are outside of uh, schools do you also have like workshops and things like that where you know the parents and the children kind of come together uh, and attend these workshops is that also something that you do
0: Uh, so not parents and uh, uh, children together Uh, But the schools that we usually partner with, like I said, I mean, our model is very B2B. Uh, So the schools that we partner with, we ensure that the teachers, of course, the training that they're getting, that's met. Uh, Then at the same time, we also have parent orientations, which are separate, not with children. So where we are orienting parents with like, why this is required, what your child will go through, uh, why this intervention is needed, etc. And then the children are also there. So all stakeholders are involved. But again, like I think our own vision alignment is such that we don't want to put them in the same room together same, because that yeah. did, for for some parents, specifically in an Indian cultural context, like it, it could be a concern. It they could there could be some shame, and you know children really latch on to their parents feeling shame. So we don't want to invite that either. If the parent is not comfortable with the school, the education body should take care of this educational need nonetheless. And we will make sure that you know the child doesn't feel like there's any sense of embarrassment. At least where the question is asked, where this topic is being discussed. So yeah.
2: Hmm. Okay. Um. So b- before we sign off, is there anything that you would? I mean, outside of all that you've already shared, anything that you know? Any message that you would like um, for the listeners and viewers to to um, have or get um, mm-hmm. through? what you are doing, Um, you know, whether it's, I mean, I know that in India, it's sort of pretty new, correct? Mm-hmm. This whole concept, yeah. but the rest of the world, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot happening. So mm-hmm. anything, any message that you would like to send out?
0: Yeah. So, I've thought a lot about that, (laughs) 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 what that message would be, Um, but I think uh, one thing that I do want to say is, um, you know, even when I started working in this space, first started to find out about it, um, one thing that really made a difference in my personal life, not not my professional life, is how me being involved in this space actually made people around me comfortable uh, to ask me questions to even like, not just ask me questions, but like just curious about what is it? Like, I want to know more about it and why is out there saying that it's okay, it's normal, like I want to know more. So what I really understood by that was that advocacy or you propagating the subject matter as normal, as something that I support or you support or anybody who's listening supports, right? It's just so crucial to the work in and of itself. Like if somebody out there really goes and says, I believe in this and I feel like this should be taught in schools. There will be two people op- opposing, but there will be 20 people 20, whose curiosities yeah. will rile up. They will suddenly start to think in that direction. Then, yeah, I mean, what is the problem? What's the concern? Why is it a taboo? Let me think about it. Half of the problem with comprehensive sexuality education, at least in India, that's a bigger problem, is that um, nobody talks about it. <laughs> it's just not in conversations. It's just not in government's conversations, in like, you know, um, uh, grassroots conversations. It's just not happening. And I'm not saying that there are not bigger issues that exist. There are not more prominent issues in the country, developmental challenges that we're facing. Uh, but this also needs a seat at the table. That's it. Um, that's what we ask for. So, what I would like to say to people is, of course like you know wherever you get that forum, wherever you get that chance wherever somebody asks you about it you know be informed be aware and advocate for it say that you support it say that you want to do your part in making sure that the child receives right information not via internet not via unregulated resources but we are schooling like wherever yeah. they're going they should get this as normal and as naturally as they get any other form of education yeah It is about their life, ultimately, like, uh, you know, we may not use other subjects in our day to day life, but like the skills that we learn in a sexuality education classroom, we will use that on a daily basis in our adult lives, right? Uh, So that is like, you know, your people support and not just support, like vocal prominent support is what's really required in the space now more than ever. And I want people who are in like privileged positions, people who like, you know, are upper class specifically men specifically like you know people who can really move the needle in that direction and amplify uh they should they definitely should do that um so yeah that's I guess advocacy is something that really stuck uh with me when I started this work that you know just how comfortable people suddenly got about the subject around me uh just by me being here um, yeah. so that's just yeah. a message I also want to send out to anybody who's listening uh be active be be vocal the space needs it
2: Excellent. Thank you so much, Barka. I mean, I think the work that you're doing is is just so. It's important. Um, it's it's it needs to reach out to as many uh, people as possible. Um, and you know that change is is so important. And you're going to be a part of the change. Um, really, really appreciate this conversation. Thank
0: you so very much. Thank you so much, Nopail. I want to thank you for having me, for having the zero period. I'm so excited to listen to all of the following four conversations as well. Um, and yeah, no, thank you for giving us this platform. Like I said, I mean, we need more people who are like supporting this, who are advocating for this. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful uh, to have this. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, if I can use my platform, uh, it's it's also, um, it's it's a voice, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think, as much as I can, I will. So thank you so much. And um, love talking to you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Bye. 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 For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot.